we can often feel like we've had too little time, too much time, or when it comes to fitting everything in, even no time. Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do, so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. Hi, welcome to episode 44. God, I'm living life on the edge today. The people opposite us are having some building work done and uh, I'm having to dodge the noises of JCBs and bits of plant and so on. Anyway, welcome to episode 44. I hope you're well and I hope that you're making progress with some of the tools that we shared last time. Now in this episode, we're tackling a brand new subject. It's about time, I hear you say. Well, yes, you're right, it's about time. Oh, and don't forget to listen to the very end for some behind-the-scenes shenanigans from our new apprentice. Oh, what's that? You listen to the end anyway. Oh, you're so cool, but I didn't mean you, though. I meant the others, you know. Anyway, let's get on. We're wasting time. Let's find out why. Now, there are lots of tools out there that claim to help you be able to manage your time. But as we've said lots of times before, you can't manage time. And even if you could, when we say time management, what do we mean by time? You have one unheard message. Time is slippery. Even the word can mean different things. We use it to describe status when we say someone's hit the big time. It can mean incarceration, doing hard time, or don't do the crime if you can't do the time. And if you like a drink, you can navigate closing time, wine o'clock, and if you've had a bit more than you planned, you might start off by having a whale of a time and end up doing something that seemed like a good idea at the time. End of message. To delete this message, press 7. Message deleted. But sticking with considering time in the form of seconds, minutes and hours, even that gets wobbly when you begin to explore it. Let me explain. What are you doing now? Maybe you're on the treadmill? Maybe you're walking the dog. You might listen to the podcast when you're commuting or cleaning. Now, if you weren't listening to this and you just concentrated on the thing that you were doing, do you think that the next minute would go more quickly or more slowly? Well, the chances are it would depend on what you're doing. If you're doing something enjoyable, time seems to move more quickly, doesn't it? Whereas if we're doing something boring or monotonous, well, time can just drag on. And also, it depends how old you are. Have you noticed that the older you get, the quicker the years seem to pass? Now, there are lots of theories about why this seems to happen. According to Psychology Today, it could be forward telescoping, proportional theory. There are theories that it's down to metabolism, or biology, or just simply perception. But whatever the cause, I think we'd agree that 
we can often feel like we've had too little time, too much time, or when it comes to fitting everything in, even no time. But regardless, we can rely on the fact that there are 24 hours in each day, can't we? You know, one spin of the Earth on its axis, 24 hours for each one, isn't it? Well, we asked Terry, our new Sharp podcast, Fact-Finding Apprentice, to find out. Now, I recommend that you be nice to Terry, and probably the best thing to do is to not ask him about his past. We promised that we'd keep away from that subject. Hello. I'm speaking into this microphone and I'm going to tell you some facts I found on the internet about time. And my facts about time aren't second best. That's a joke. It's not my joke. They made me say it. Anyway, it says here that people commonly believe that it takes 24 hours for the Earth to revolve and that's where the day comes from. But actually, those people are slightly wrong. According to astronomy, people like NASA, it's actually... 23 hours, 56 minutes and 4.2 seconds for the Earth to revolve is called a side real day. And the reason it's 24 hours from sunrise to sunrise is because the Earth needs the extra four minutes to be facing the sun in the same place again due to its elliptical orbit. All right, Terry, thanks. Um, but isn't that just one of those facts that's a bit odd, but it doesn't really mean anything, does it? I mean, regardless of how we choose to measure 24 hours... It's still 24 hours. It's not like you'd fundamentally change how you measure a day or a week, would you? No one would do that. It would be chaos, wouldn't it? Well, they've certainly tried, Steve. The ancient Greeks and Romans, at one point, counted an hour as one-twelfth of daylight time. But, of course, that meant that the length of the hour varied. In 1793 in France, revolutionary time began with a 10-hour day, 100 minutes to the hour and 100 seconds to the minute. It didn't last very long because I had to make clocks which showed both versions of the time and that must have been very confusing because a few months later, they gave up on the idea. And then, in 1897, they proposed it again. This time, a 24-hour day with 100 minute hours and 100 seconds in a minute. But the idea was scrapped and so the regular 60-minute format continued. Why do they have to keep changing everything? In the old days, you knew where you stood. And if you stood somewhere you shouldn't, well, let's just say you didn't do it again. Oh yeah, one more fact I forgot. More recently, between 1929 and 1940, the Soviet Union changed the length of the week three times, at one point abolishing the weekend to fill work quotas. Thanks, Terry. Um, But aren't all these different measures just ways of cutting the cake differently? Of course they are, Steve. As we know, time waits for no man. Not even Freddy Two Clocks McTavish. He was a face up west that no one messed with. If he showed you his first clock, you knew you'd escape with one of your kneecaps. But if you saw the second one, well, let's just say your time had come. Time to meet your maker. Time's up. Okay, thanks, um, Terry. Uh, Maybe next time we could just concentrate on the interesting facts bit. Every day, we're juggling things to do and the time to do them in. The size of the thing that you have to do can vary, and the amount of time available that you've got to do it in can also vary. 
we also have a third variable, our efficiency. Think of it this way. Let's say that you're jogging at five miles an hour. I nearly dropped into Terry then. Honestly, it's definitely a separate character. Five miles an hour. Let's say that you're jogging at five... I've got to break it up a bit just to make it a bit more interesting for you. You can't just listen to my voice all the time, can you? Where were we? Let's say that you're jogging at five miles an hour. And in one hour, you could be five miles away from where you started. I know, statement of the obvious, but bear with me. If you pick up the pace, if you get more efficient, the outcome can be different, but it can be different in two ways. So if you run at six miles an hour, then one outcome is that in the same hour, you've traveled six miles. Or a different outcome is that you can run the original five miles in less time, in this case, 50 minutes. And this is crucial. Are you trying to get more done in the same time or are you trying to spend less time doing the same things? Both of those aims are equally useful, but you have to decide what you want to change. And before you can start working out how to change things, you might need to decide why you want to change them. Let's explore that a bit more. So despite Terry's very helpful facts about time, let's keep things simple and stick with the generally accepted notion of there being 24 hours in a day or 168 hours in a week. As Jessica said in episode 42, you get 168 hours every week and literally everything you do happens in those 168 hours. So clearly, we need to focus not on the time as a measure of how we're doing, but what we do in that time. Our friend, Douglas Adams, said time is an illusion and lunchtime, doubly so. What do you think about lunchtime? Is lunchtime a vital part of your day where you down tools, you relax, you recuperate and get ready for the afternoon? Or is lunchtime half an hour or an hour of time that's too good to waste on eating because it's perfectly good working time? Think about this. You've got two comparable people. One person completes a 200-page report and takes eight hours to do it, giving up their lunch breaks and their toilet breaks and everything. Or another person who completes the same report does it in six hours and has a two-hour lunch break. And it seems to me that we can often be quite attached to this idea of measuring performance by how many hours a person works. We call it commitment and we praise them when they're burning the midnight oil to get that project over the line. We say they've got a great work ethic. But is that healthy? Is that the right approach? Ultimately, you have to decide on what balance you want to work towards and why. If you're trying to shorten your day because you keep missing your family, then perhaps your motivation to improve is one of trying to get the same things done in less time. Or maybe you're running a business and your motivation is to try and get more things done in the same working day. But before embarking on improving your productivity or your efficiency or getting a lunch break, I've got a question. 
Do you actually know what you do now? If I asked you to document what you'd been spending your time on, say, this past week, down to the nearest 15 minutes, how accurate do you think you'd be? Now, we said at the start of this episode that there are lots of suggestions and ideas to help you get more efficient and more productive. But have you ever actually taken the time just to look at what you're currently actually doing? Take emails, for instance. How much time did you spend in the last week reading emails? I spent five hours and 45 minutes last week. And in a minute, I'll tell you why I'm being so specific. And that apparently is about half of the estimated average. Forbes.com suggests that we spend two and a half hours a day or over 12 hours a week just reading emails. That's a day and a half. Now, it sounds unlikely, doesn't it? But you may not feel like you spend that time because they're little tiny nibbles. According to their research, we check email 15 times a day. So that's spending 10 minutes each time that we check. And when you think about it, 10 minutes here and there, we don't notice that, do we? And because it's often accompanied by a little bit of a dopamine hit, we don't notice how it's adding up. And because we don't notice, we tend to underestimate the amount of time that we've committed. And bear in mind, if 12 hours a week is the average, and some people are spending six, that means there are other people equally likely to be spending 18 or maybe even 24 hours. And that's just emails. What other little time thieves exist in your week which are mounting up without you noticing? Now, rather than guess, a great way to get your focus on the right things is to check what you're focusing on now by tracking your time. This can be a real eye-opener. In fact, it can actually be quite uncomfortable when you see what you're really doing. But if you want to make meaningful change, it might be worth starting off by working out where you are now. So, if you fancy a dose of self-honesty, come with us and we'll tell you how to do it. Now, if you Google tracking your time, one of the first resources that may come up is a blog by Art of Manliness. And they liken the idea of tracking your time to that of keeping a food journal. Now, the reason a food journal can help you change habits is because you're making yourself really conscious of everything that you eat. And tracking your time can be the same. If you waste, say, 20 minutes mindlessly scrolling through Instagram, you'll forget that you've done it within seconds of it finishing. However, if you have to log it, and then later in that same week, you miss a deadline on something else by half an hour, well, things start to join up, don't they? Now, tracking time needs you to be really honest with yourself. So you might not want to share the results with anyone else. I track my time for a week, and I will share a little bit of what I learned later on. But let's just explain what we're actually doing here. Tracking your time is literally keeping a record of everything you've been doing, usually at fixed intervals. 
The idea is to collect this data over a week or two, and then you can see what it reveals to you about where your time is really going. And you may well surprise yourself when you do this. You could spot some simple solutions straight away that help you decide where your balance is, where it should be, and if you're doing too much of something, and how to change it. I really do recommend giving time tracking a try. It can be a real eye-opener. And it may help you answer the question that we posed earlier about do you want to do more in the same time or do you want to spend less time but get the same results? So, how do we track time? Well, there are a number of different ways you can do it. One way is to do it with apps. Now, there are plenty of time tracking... Oh, sorry. I nearly became that fella again, who's a different person. It's not me. Now, there are plenty of time tracking apps out there, and I'll put a couple of links in the show notes to help you find out a bit more. Bear in mind that a lot of the resource around these time tracking apps is aimed at freelancers, people that have to justify their billable time. And that's okay, but it might be overkill for this project that we're doing here. The one I will recommend is Toggle. Now, there are a couple of reasons why I think Toggle is good for our purpose. The first one is that it syncs across your desktop and an app. So you can track your time live by just pressing go, and then it'll start counting the seconds wherever you are, or you can update it manually every half hour or so with what you've been doing. You can set up projects and tags, and this is really good for categorizing your time because then you can work out where you're spending it. If it helps give you some ideas, I'll put my categories in the show notes. Now, as I said, there are lots of apps, and you might find that another one is better for you than Toggle, so have a look at the resource I'm going to put in the show notes. The key if you're going to use an app is to be consistent. So you need to start off by deciding how you're going to capture the information. One way to do it is to set the timer going each time you start a new task, and then when that task is finished, you simply stop, log it, and then start it again for the new task. Or another way to do it is to set yourself a regular check-in period of every 15 minutes or half an hour, and then record what you've been doing in that time period. But it's worth spending a bit of time. Start time. You see, I keep saying time now, and time's really... You know when you keep saying a word over and over again? I'm sure there's a word for that. I'll look it up, but I haven't got time. Um, If you're using an app... Decide how you're going to work with it and then try to stick with that for at least a week. And if one method is not working, you can switch to the other. Another way is to simply write things down. Now, doing it manually takes a bit of preparation. Firstly, you've got to have something to write onto. And again, there are loads of paper trackers out there that you can use, but because I want to help you, I've put one together just for you to use, and you can download it direct from the show notes. I've set it out so you can fill it in with half hour or 15 minute intervals, depending how much detail you want to go into. I've put Monday to Friday on one page and the weekend on another. That way it gives you a bit more space to write. And you can also decide if you're just going to focus on the working week or the weekend or both. 
a couple of tips to help you if you're doing it manually. The first one, take your paper with you and try to log what you're doing every half hour if you can. Certainly try to update it at least every couple of hours or you'll lose the detail. The second tip is be honest with yourself. If you've been mucking about, write it down. That is literally the reason why you're doing this. If you're gonna fudge it, you'll only fool yourself. I sound a bit like my old history teacher there, Mr. Stewart. You can lie to me, but you can't lie to yourself. I hated history. And my third tip for doing it manually is suspend your judgment until the end. Just try to capture things first for a week or two. You can be all self-critical if you like later on, but don't worry about what you're writing when you write it. Now, there is a third way. Combine the two. And that's exactly what I did. So I logged it all on my manual sharp time tracker bit of paper first, and then I spent a couple of hours putting that into Toggle. And the great thing there is that you can then give things tags so you can view just the work stuff, just the personal stuff, just the hobby stuff, however you like. And that really helped me work out how I wanted to categorise things as the details started to emerge. Let me explain what I mean there. When I started recording time for meals, I didn't give it a category. But after I'd finished logging, I then realised that I might want to separate the meals out from where I'm just literally eating food to uh, meals combined with family time. So what did I learn about myself from this exercise? Well, I learned a few things, actually. The first thing I learned is that I'm pretty structured. So that means maybe I've been taking this stuff in that I've been sharing with all of you. That's fortunate, isn't it? The second thing I learned is that I get a lot more done before 12 than after. And that did surprise me because I thought I was fairly even-handed in how I got things done. I also learned that in a 40-hour-plus working week, I spend over a third of it on the phone. I spent seven and a half hours eating. That's nearly a full working day. And a total of over 16 hours in my spare time working on making this lovely podcast for your listening pleasure. I really do recommend trying this. It can be a real eye-opener. I've put all the resource in the show notes for you. And you could find that if you do it, it helps you work out more easily how you can get better at spending more time doing the things that you want to do. And now it's time for the takeaways. You've only got 168 hours in every week. Make a conscious decision how you're going to use them. Start off by tracking your time to see what you're doing now. Use an app like Toggle. It's spelt T-O-G-G-L and can be found on the App Store, Google Play or as a desktop through your browser. Alternatively, track your time manually using our downloadable Sharp Time Tracker. You can download it from the show notes. Be disciplined, honest, and try to capture as much detail as you can. Once you've tracked your time, review what you've learned and decide what approach you want to take. Work out why you want to change. Is it because you want to do more in the same time, or do you want to spend less time doing the same amount of things. Once you know how you want to improve, 
Go back and listen to any of our episodes that can help you. And if you want some help putting together a structure and reducing the workload, I recommend starting at episode 35, which is called Decide What's Important. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye. Right, so... Steve wants me to do this recording for his podcast and he wants me to talk about time and find some interesting information. I've got some interesting information on him. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. Anyway, let's have a look. Wikipedia. Time. What's it say? Time is the indefinite continued progress of existence and events that occur in apparently irreversible succession from the past through the present to the future. Time is a component quantity of various measurements used to sequence events to compare the duration of events or the intervals between them, and to quantify rates of change of quantities in material reality or in a conscious experience. That's interesting. Nevertheless, time is often referred to as a fourth dimension along with the three spatial dimensions. Time has long been an important subject of study in religion, philosophy and science, but defining it in a manner applicable to all fields about circularity as consistently eluded scholars. Oh, that's quite interesting. Right, I think I'm getting the hang of this. I think I'll start recording. Where's the on switch on this microphone? Here we go. Hello. This mic. Hello.